Well, tonight's talk is on the Arupa jhanas, the four higher jhanas, sometimes called five, six, seven, and eight. So we talked about the rupas last night, and the suttas also talk about the arupa jhanas, or the sometimes called the immaterial jhanas. Um, all right, rupa means materiality or form. Sometimes rupa means body. Arupa means not materiality, not form, not involved with the body. So one of the understandings of the material jhanas, which are the first four that we talked about last night, that have quali- they have qualities that are possible to be experienced in the material world, like rapture, happiness, contentment, and equanimity. By contrast, the immaterial jhanas are unlike anything we have ever experienced in this world. They each have an elaborate name rather than just a number, like the first four. But even though they've got these elaborate names, we do sometimes refer to them as five, six, seven, and eight. But their formal names... um, go like this. For five, it's the realm of infinite spaciousness. And for six, it's the realm of infinite consciousness. Seven is the realm of no-thingness. And eight is the realm of neither perception nor non-perception. So let's talk about them one at a time. The sphere of infinite space, which is the first immaterial jhana, the fifth jhana. Here's what the sutta says about the fifth jhana. Here, by passing entirely beyond bodily sensation, right? There's no more bodily sensation in the arupas. By the disappearance of all sense of resistance and non-attraction to the perception of diversity, seeing that space is infinite, one reaches and remains in the sphere of infinite space. All right, let's break that down. By passing entirely beyond bodily sensations. In the previous four, we're told to drench, steep, saturate, and suffuse our body with the qualities of the different first four jhanas. But now, in order to enter the fifth jhana, the sphere of infinite spaciousness, we're told to pass beyond any awareness of the body whatsoever. Uh, 
The objects of the Arupa Jhanas, like the sphere of infinite spaciousness, are subtle. Space, spaciousness is subtle. And we need to be really concentrated to access them. The concentration has to be so strong that we're not paying any attention to our physical body. Rather, we're only experiencing the mental state of the jhana. So, the sutta says, by passing entirely beyond bodily sensations. After we do that, the sutta continues, by the disappearance of all sense of resistance and by non-attraction to the perception of diversity. The best way to understand that phrase is to explain how to get in to the fifth jhana. So, first, before you can get into the sphere of infinite spaciousness, you have to get a good fourth jhana. And if you recall, by the time you get to the fourth jhana, the body may be slumped over a little bit. And your energy may be slumped over too, maybe a little low. Uh, So you need to bring it up by sitting more upright if you're not already. And then you need to find something you can expand without limit. What Ayakema taught was to get in touch with the boundaries of your being and expand those boundaries of your being to fill the room you're in. And then once that expansion of your, the boundaries of your being fill the room, then you need to go beyond the room into the neighborhood and keep going. Just like we've been trying to do with metta at night. Keep expanding farther and farther all the way to the horizon and then beyond the horizon. Because we're talking about infinity here. So once you get to the horizon, though, you have, um, uh, you need to let go of the perception of any diversity. So now, once you get to the horizon, and just as you're getting ready to go beyond it, there are no more things that you're expanding past. There's no moon, there's no Mars, there's no stars. There's no Jupiter. There's no perception of diversity. Just focus on the limitless expansion. And that expansion needs to go smoothly. There has to be no sense of resistance. If you encounter resistance, either punch through it or change direction. just keep expanding smoothly 
and stay focused on the outer limits of the expansion. You do not need to go in all directions at first. Just two is enough, like maybe up and out. Or, you know, behind you or side to side or whatever seems to work for you. But up and out is most common if you can't go in all directions. Okay, so and eventually, as you go, I mean, just let your mind go. You really got to let go. Um, eventually, a vast, empty space will appear before you. This is important. Do not look for the space. Stay focused on the outer edges of the expansion. When space appears, you'll know it. It's unmistakable. But don't go looking for it. Let the space make itself known to you. And when it appears, your reaction might be, wow, that is huge. That is a big space. sort of like suddenly coming onto the Grand Canyon. Only there's no bottom. And there are no sides. It's just limitless. It's groundless. It's vast. Infinite space, it's unmistakable when it appears. And if you're visually oriented, you might actually see space. Sometimes it appears off-white or gray. It may or may not have a horizon to it. It could be dark black, like outer space, but with no perception of diversity. So it's, it's like outer space, but there's no planets or stars. And if you're not a visual person, it doesn't matter. You'll still know it. So... Just let go of your focus on the expansion when space appears and put all of your full attention on the space. But until space appears, keep it on the expansion. But when you know space is there, change your attention. Drop it from the expansion and put it all on the spaciousness the spaciousness of the space. And just sit there experiencing that. In this state, there's a very tiny sense of an observer, 
and it's observing the vast space before you. And you stay in this jhana for 5, 10, 15 minutes to get skilled in it. The longer the better. Okay, that's five. Now the sphere of infinite consciousness, which is the sixth one. Here's what the Diganakaya has to say about it. By passing entirely beyond the sphere of infinite space, seeing that consciousness is infinite, one reaches and remains in the sphere of infinite consciousness. And that's all the sutta says. These instructions are getting sparse. So first you need to get a good five and stay there for a good 10 minutes to make it good. 15's better. And then after you've been there for what you think is roughly 10 or 15 minutes, shift your attention from space to the consciousness that knows the space. This is the realm of infinite consciousness. So be conscious of your consciousness. Be aware of your awareness. Just turn your attention back on itself. When you're in the realm of infinite spaciousness, your attention is on the space. When you're in the realm of infinite consciousness, your attention is on what's conscious of the space. So you turn in to your consciousness. If the space of the fifth jhana is infinite, then the consciousness of the sixth sixth needs to be infinite too. Because the consciousness of the sixth is what is conscious of the fifth. In other words, you can't be aware of infinite space without infinite consciousness. So consciousness needs to be every big, every bit as big as space. But now your attention is on the consciousness. And it's even more subtle than the space. The observed and the observer become the same. If you do it right, it feels like you've been absorbed into the space of the fifth and become the infinite consciousness of the sixth.
And when you first learn six, it might not seem a lot different than five. To get that difference, if it doesn't, if, if it's not real clear to you, go back and forth between the two. In other words, one, two, three, four, five, six, five, six, five, six. So you want to get skilled enough so that you can stay there for 10 or 15 minutes before you move on to seven. Okay, seven. Here's what the sutta says. Oh, and it's the sphere of no-thingness, the sphere of nothingness. By passing entirely beyond the sphere of infinite consciousness, seeing that there is no thing, one reaches and remains in the sphere of no-thingness. So to go from the, the sixth jhana, the sphere of infinite consciousness, to the seventh jhana, the sphere of no-thingness, it's necessary to conjure up a sense of nothing. So first you get a good six. Then let it go. Let the sphere of infinite consciousness go, and it goes empty. Become aware of the content of the infinite consciousness. Get a sense of its no-thingness. The sense of space is long gone, of five. And consciousness is not conscious of anything. Now, it's conscious of nothing. Put your attention on that nothingness. And at first it may be a small nothingness, a small no thing, maybe like the size of a basketball, in front of you, or maybe a beach ball. And as you stay with it, you kind of notice, oh, there's nothing over there, and there's nothing over there, and there's nothing back there. There's just nothing. And then as you check the edges, the the no-thingness kind of gets bigger. There's nothing anywhere. It... It never gets as big as space or consciousness. Those are infinite. This is called the sphere of no-thingness. It's not called the sphere of infinite no-thingness. So it doesn't get infinite in its reach. But it does go from a little no-thing to a big no-thing to an even bigger no-thing, but not infinite. And most people who see the seventh jhana, the realm of no-thingness, see it as dark. Now, this no-thingness of the seventh, it's not the emptiness that the Mahayanas talk about, which is that things are empty of inherent existence. 
It's the nothingness of an empty cookie jar. There's just nothing in there. So let's say everybody left this room and took all of their cushions and mats and blankets with them, and I did the same, and Glenn did the same. This room would be empty, and if we turned off the lights, it'd be empty and it would be dark. And as we, our eyes got accustomed to the darkness, we could see that there was nothing. We could see the no-thingness. Sometimes people stumble into seven and get freaked out. Um, Fear of the void or the unknown. But with instruction, there is absolutely nothing to be afraid of. It's like you're suspended in the middle of nothing. There's nothing below, there's nothing in front, there's nothing in back, and there's nothing to be aware of. There's a sense of space there, but what really gets your attention is not the space, but the fact that there's nothing to be found in the space. It's very subtle. There's a very tiny observer much smaller than in the fifth jhana. But you definitely know afterwards that there was a tiny point of observation suspended in the middle of nothing. Okay, that's seven. Now eight. The sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. Here's what the sutta says. By passing entirely beyond the sphere of no-thingness, one reaches and remains in the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. So there's not much in the way of instructions here. It just says basically by leaving seven, you get into eight. Uh, perception uh, is uh, the translation of a Pali word, sanya. And sanya often refers to our capacity to label things. That's kind of what perception is to label things, to identify things, to name them. That's usually um, how sanya is translated as the word perception. So you might look at the eighth jhana as the state of neither identifying nor not identifying, neither naming nor not naming. neither perception nor non-perception.
it's, it's difficult to describe this state because it's a state that has no characteristics that you can use to identify it with. Other than it's a state that has no characteristics you can identify it with. <laughs> but here's the good news. If you can get a good seven, the sphere of no-thingness, it's not hard at all to find eight. Eight is more unstable than seven or any of the previous jhanas, but it's not hard to find it if you can get a good seven. So after you get a good seven, let the nothingness of seven just kind of collapse and come to rest in front of you. And see if you can be in a state that you really can't describe, neither perception nor non-perception, because it has no characteristics. And see if you can stay there. Like I said, it's fairly easy to find if you have good concentration. There's less than nothing to observe. And you can't see the observer. If you looked for the observer, the jhana would fall apart. It's a very restful state, but it's fragile and can fall apart easily. It's not the sinking mind. The mind in eight is very clear and energized. If you, if you find eight, but then fall out, just go back to seven or even an earlier jhana, get reconcentrated and work your way back to eight. Okay, so those are the Arupa jhanas. Infinite spaciousness, infinite consciousness, no thingness, and neither perception nor non-perception. Once you learn all the jhanas, it's good to practice going back and forth between them. You learn their front, their front door and you learn their back door. So you might go one, two, three, four, three, two, one, two, three, four, one, and then do the same with the arupas. Five, six, seven, eight, seven, six, you know, five. And just go up and down and all around them. The arupa jhanas will deepen your concentration even more than the rupas. Your mind will be even more concentrated coming out of any of the Yarupa jhanas than it was coming out of any of the rupas. It'll be more pure, more bright, more malleable, wieldier, steadier, and more, even more imperturbable because there's even less ego. 
And this will enhance your insight practice. With much less egocentric viewpoint. And you can maintain it for an, a longer period of time at coming out of the Arupa jhanas than you can the Rupas. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.